This is The Family with Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard is out filling in. I'm Dave Schrader along with... Sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader. We've got Jeff Belanger and a demon in the White House next when we return to The Family. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out... The all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're back here on The Family. Tom Bernard and family are here this week. If you missed the is announcements at the end of last hour, Tom called in. He is battling COVID. Uh, he is coming around on the other side of it, thankfully. He's doing well. He did get his booster shot. So this is, uh, he says it just feels like a really bad cold. So we're keeping him in our thoughts and prayers going forward. He should be back. Uh, he'll probably be off next week. I will be sitting in again, and then he'll be back uh, at the end of next week on KQ and probably the week after back here on The Family. Uh, quick update, uh, Officer Dave, you said? Yeah, Officer Dave said that the cops are still at Everson Griffin's home. Hmm. Um, I'm assuming they're probably going to put him in some type of mental facility yeah. to assess him because he just, he didn't even look like he was lucid in his eyes. I mean, he looked like he had crazy eyes. Right, and, we talked about that at the beginning of first hour. Everson Griffin from the Minnesota Vikings posted some videos of himself waving a gun in the air, believing his life is being threatened. Somebody's mm -hmm. coming after him. It's just very scary, very sad. They're worried about him. We're worried about his family. The police are there. We'll keep you updated as more information comes. The seat of power at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue may be the most haunted site in America. Now, a brand new shock doc, Demon in the White House, launching this Friday, November 26th on Discovery Plus, uncloaks the historic origins 
of the horror of two grieving first ladies. Did they unwittingly invite an evil presence with a malevolent agenda that may still torment America's presidents, as well as their families, visitors, and closest advisors? You'll have to tune in to check that out. But joining me, one of uh, the co-stars of this uh, brand new shock doc, Jeff Belanger. Jeff and I are in there, as well as uh, Joshua P. Warren and many others, talking about the hauntings of the White House and the possibilities of having stances. What could that do? Jeff, it's good to have you back on, my friend. How are you? Uh, good to talk to you, Tom Bernard. I'm uh, <laughs> glad to be back on your podcast. Nice to uh, have your pally. <laughs> Dave, it was nice to hear that Tom's doing okay. I got to catch the end of that and hear that he's um, coming around. So yeah. that's good. Uh, yeah. This, yeah, it's, this COVID stuff is crazy, man. And I'm glad you yeah. know, he's taking it seriously. He's had the vaccine. He's had the uh, booster shot. I'm up for the booster shot here in about a month, month and a half. I'm going to be going in yeah. for that. And just, you know, it's the best way. Everybody that's had it yeah. is kind of riding it out. I do want to mention, though, that Darkness Radio, Tim Dennis, my co-host and longtime producer, is also battling COVID, but it is definitely ravaging him a lot worse. So we're keeping him in our thoughts and prayers for a speedy recovery from that as well. Yeah, definitely. So Demon in the White House, obviously this is kind of a salacious title. Uh, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I, I have to preface it always by saying this is not talking about the current president or the last president. This is talking more about yeah. the spiritual effect of the White House, the ghostly hauntings and stories that have always been a part of its legend and lore. So, Dave, I know, like you, I, I just posted about it today on my social media. You know, you, you do these projects, you want to say, like, hey, everybody, watch it. I'm part of this thing, right? And um, the comments. Oh, the comments. <laughs> 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 oh, it took about 12 seconds. Yeah. Before How many are? Like, well, you void, voted him in. Well, you voted him out. I've got to guess yeah, right. that's what yeah. most it's, of it is, It's right? both sides just being like, oh, I know what this is about. And, uh, and so I've had to comment just saying like hey i've watched the the screener copy already no matter who you voted for in the last several elections you can continue to hate who you hate right um unabated right <laughs> we, this, we don't this take a not... stand on this series and it's not yeah. about either one of these two presidents nope this will not get in the way of your hatred that's uh, right <laughs> one one bit you can continue to hate uh, the other people as much as you've been hating them right along so mm -hmm. uh, take comfort i guess i that. guess something else to give thanks for tomorrow <laughs> Yes, I'm so thankful that this shock Woo. doc will not stop the hatred That's for right. anybody. Um, but yeah, no, Demon in the White House. I, I remember when they first asked us to film this. And my hat's off to the producers for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, I said, well, we had to film this in L.A. I said, are you, you flying Schrader out? They said, yeah. I said, could you fly us out at the same time? And they said, absolutely not. And I thought that was, <laughs> that was really smart. It is. <laughs> That's... Uh, they don't know us that well, but somehow they had the foresight to make sure we were not in L.A. Um, without chaperones. Yes, together. And I should mention, Jeff is the author of Who's Haunting the White House, the President's Mansion, and the Ghosts Who Live There. And it's available on Audible. So when you check it out and listen to it, you'll hear some amazing voice acting going on Bye. throughout the entire uh episode or, or series. I don't know what do you call it the whole book yeah, yeah. the book yeah it's a book that's what audible yeah <laughs> <It's> <laughs> book. I know books are tricky Dave it's hard you're Words a tv guy now you, you don't even you don't even know what a library is anymore no but the, you, it's available in hardcover paperback and mass market paperback and audiobook right. you can get it 5.99 for audiobook a hell of a deal uh, so check yeah. it out uh but it, it, it was written actually I love this that you wrote this for 
kids as a way to kind of introduce them to history by telling it through ghost stories. That's what got me into the White House. It was, um, oh gosh, was it maybe 2006? Uh, I called the White House, the main number, the main switchboard number, because I didn't have another one. <laughs> and uh, I said, hey, I want to do a book about the ghosts of the White House. And the, the operator said, hmm, uh, okay, hold on a second. It transfers me. And the boss picked up. And the boss, of course, Bruce is Springsteen? the chief usher. Oh, yes. Okay. I thought... He was working that. That was his day to work yeah, the switchboard at the White House. Bruce Springsteen, I can help you. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, so we talked about, you know, um, I said, hey, I'm, I'm interested in doing a book about the ghost of the White House. And he said, yeah, we're not interested. And I said, but I think we can use ghosts as kind of an innovative way to teach history to kids. And he said, go on. And uh, uh, it was it was great. Uh, Gary Walters uh, was the chief usher at the time. He'd served every president from Nixon to George W. Bush, the second Bush. Wow. Um, arguably spent more time in that building than any even two-term president, if you consider, you know, mm -hmm. 40 to 80 hours a week times all those years. And so um, with with some help from some of my elected reps, I got to go down there, take the tour, interview some of the staff, interview Gary Walters. And it's amazing how forthcoming they are and matter of fact they are about the ghosts. Um, oh, yeah, it's haunted. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, this is the White House. And now I, I should point out the people I talk to are employees of the White House and they're not politically appointed. It doesn't matter which political parties in power, the butlers, the cleaning crew, the groundskeepers, uh, the ushers. These guys, um, you know, work for the building. And uh, I met one usher who was a third generation White House usher. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Right. His dad was an usher there and his dad's dad. And um, it's just the, the stories they could tell and obviously choose not to because they still have a job. <laughs> right but but when it came to ghosts they were just matter of fact no problem yeah i could talk about that that doesn't because that doesn't um uh that doesn't violate the privacy mm -hmm. of any president mm -hmm. um that's just them sharing their experience with the building and there was no issue whatsoever with any of them doing that which i thought was just great so how you say they were forthcoming did they each actually have stories or was it those kind of hey i know a guy who walked the dog for the woman who does the hair of jackie o and she saw this <laughs> there was both of that so okay. <laughs> um in each room of the white house there's a uh, secret service agent who can tell you all about the history of of everything in the room from you know paintings to furniture when it was brought in where it was made all that stuff and I said, what do you know about the ghosts of the White House? And they said, well, they talk about a British red coat out near the North Portico and, of course, the Lincoln bedroom haunted by President Lincoln. And I went, wow, you said that in the same tone of voice as the chair and the painting on the wall and the carpet. <laughs> and and uh, I said, this is like the federal recognition of the existence of ghosts. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. And he's got a gun, so I really didn't push it too hard. Uh, I am a guest after all. But then I had to remind myself, wait a minute, I'm not just a guest here. I own part of this house thank you very much hmm. as a american taxpayer i mean i've heard that probably... same, i've heard that same uh stance from my children and it, it never worked for them either <laughs> right <laughs> i own one thread of of that carpet over there well, that's right. probably what my taxes covered um but um but no they were they were very forthcoming now gary walters told me a story about how uh you know he was working with there's there's DC Metro police that are in there. There's of course the secret service and there's the staff. And he was saying how he was talking to one of the police officers and you know, the doors that get held open by those powerful magnets, like in, you know, right. Like build. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he said, we were there. It was, you know, later in the evening, there was nobody around and this giant rush of wind comes through 
and knocked one of those doors closed. And he's like, I know that doesn't sound like anything out of a horror movie, but number one, I've never seen it happen before or since. Number two, it's the White House. Doors don't get opened or closed without it being on a schedule somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, right. like every, everything is just checked and double checked. And you think, well, maybe someone else opened a door somewhere and it created a vacuum, but no one was down on the lower levels. And he's like, it's just one of those things where you have to remind yourself, this is the white house. It's not like ah, I'm going out for a while, you know, like it's, it's uh, everything is cleared through multiple people, but then uh, spoke to a operations foreman who's you know, like a maintenance guy, guy that takes care of various things around the building. And he said he was on the second floor turning on the lights one morning, which was part of his duty. And he saw Lincoln sitting in a chair outside of the Lincoln bedroom. And he said he, he was sitting with his legs crossed. He looked right at him. And then he dis Lincoln disappeared. Mm. And he came downstairs and told, you know, one of the assistant ushers what he had just seen and was told, yeah, you're, you're one of many that's seen Lincoln. And, and they were just kind of like, well, yeah, that, that was your turn. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, again, it's the White House. Now, is there any uh, truth to the fable that that he actually predicted his own assassination, Abraham Lincoln? Well, well he dreamt about it, mm -hmm. and and that's sort of covered in the documentary where he had this dream about waking up and people are crying, and he sees an officer standing um, in the I believe it was the East Room where where there was a casket and someone's lying in state, and he says, you know, what's going on? I said, well, there's a funeral, sir, and he said, well, who died? the president, sir. And he, he sort of took that as a bit of an omen. And on another occasion, he looked in, this is when he was awake. I mean, he looked into a mirror and he saw like a doubled reflection, like a, a, a himself looking old and gaunt. And he took this, interpreted this experience to mean that he would win a second term, but he would not survive it, which of course came to pass. Wow. You know, it, it, what's really interesting to me, with the way that the the soldier responded to him, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be interesting that when he was laid in state, I wonder if any of the soldiers that were there securing the property ever saw the ghost of Lincoln walk up and ask, what's going on here? Ooh. Well, now you're in a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey time loop. Right. Like, and I, yeah. I wonder if that's, you know, because it sounds interesting that that's the way he saw it and that the the guard who saw him was kind of like, um, it's the president, sir. Right. Uh, kind of like, what would you yeah. say if you're, if you're standing guard and the ghost of the damn president walks up right. to you while he's laying in state, that would be shocking. Yeah, it would be. And you know, this building is so storied. There's, I mean, history is written every day mm -hmm. inside this building and, uh, decisions have been made that affected millions, arguably billions of people, not just those of us in America, uh, decisions have been made in that building that have taken countless lives, whether it's military actions, dropping the atomic bomb, you know, uh, D-Day, World War II. I mean, you name it, right? Um, shoot, Vietnam. Every every time, you know, uh, soldiers have been placed in harm's way, that decision has gone through that building. And and it's just um, it's it's I, I there's there's a power to the building. And I've been there. I, I was there once as a kid. But then when I got to go there as an adult and take the tour and interview some of the staff, when you walk through that building, I remember standing in the north portico, the, the north under the north um, peaked roof there and just thinking like, wow, there is a power to this building. You feel it. You know, uh, I can imagine being a foreign dignitary and being greeted by the president here. You're like, whoa, this is the White House. You know what I mean? Like this is not 
uh, like any other place, there's there's a power to it, and to understand that every president stood where you're standing, um, I think it I think it hits you if you have any sort of sense of history. I would imagine. I, I, I'm so jealous of the fact you got to go to the White House and talk to these people and and hear these stories. Were any of them frightening stories? Not so much. Um, nobody that I talked to had anything overly scary to say. They they viewed it more as like. Um, more matter of fact. However, if you look through some of the presidential libraries, and I look through all of them, um, and I get every reference to, you know, ghosts and hauntings at the White House, um, you know, the people that have lived there, first family members included, and presidents, uh, each of them has made some comment about it being haunted, and some have had experiences. Um, and you see this in the documentary as well. Uh, the Bush daughters, Jenna Bush and, you know, George W. Bush's daughters. Yeah, Jenna and um, Barbara. Yeah. Jen and Barbara, yeah, they had they had a few weird experiences in there too, and again, it's the White House. Everything is so well taken care of, right? There's everything is perfectly maintained. You know, it's not like they're going to let that water heater go and keep ticking. Right. You know what I mean? Right? Like it's the White House. Like well, my wife once. suddenly turns and looks at me as you said that. Oh. You mean the well, president will check the water heater, but not you? Oh, right. honey. Well, you know of the issues we've had. So it's just like, uh, don't knock Are on you wood. talking about the white water heater or us? No, the, our God, house. I thought you were about ready to start telling me something. No, no, no. Our for. house, when it all comes right. to anything with water. Yeah. Yeah. It's all spiritual. It's got to be paranormal. That's my guess. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's probably holy water at your house. Um, the holy water heater. Yeah. But um, I know Barbara and um, Jenna Bush said that they heard strange things and actually yeah. went out and talked to the, the White House butler who said, boy, if you could see the things I've seen and heard, that's pretty remarkable that, you know, the butler of the White House is just, you know, oh, yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> just very it, matter that, of fact about it. Well, they've all heard the stories, right? I mean, they, they all know it. Um, George H.W. Bush, the elder Bush, he now when I was working on my book, I called every presidential library and I said, I'm looking for every reference to ghosts, hauntings, you know, spiritual spirituality, like at at the White House. And the the researchers gathered them for me. George H.W. Bush had the fewest. He had two. And they said they're classified. And uh, and and they asked me, would you like to file a Freedom of Information Act? And I said, well, yeah, of course I would. I mean, <laughs> you know, and so um, so I did. And then I, I finished writing the book and honestly forgot all about it. Like six months after the book came out, I got a letter in the mail that one of the documents had been declassified for me and I got to read it and I opened it and it was a photocopy of a handwritten note from President George H.W. Bush, the elder to the author, David McCullough, you know, who writes those history books, those they're, they're mm-hmm. as thick as phone books, mm-hmm. phone books used to be. And um, it said, um, you know, dear David, either the White House really is haunted or the thunderous applause from your lecture last night is still reverberating through the building. Thank you so much for coming here to share your your wisdom and your stories, um, George Bush, you know. And, and I was like, at first I was like, whoa, cool. The president sort of acknowledged, yeah, everyone knows this building is haunted. On the other hand, I was like, oh. I'm kind of dirty for you know, <laughs> like this is just a personal note from one person to another. I really had no business reading it. Uh, and it was classified for, I guess, personal reasons that nothing, there's no national security, anything in there, but 
Um, and now it's declassified thanks to yours truly. And I feel horrible about it. Thank you for letting me relive that, Dave. Nice. I'm here to help. And, and it turns yeah. out the other reference was uh, he was just asking Barr if she wanted some ghost peppers on the pizza he was ordering <laughs> from Domino's. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's still classified. And now that's all I think about. Like, how do I get that one declassified? <laughs> Look at you. You feel so horrible. Yeah. But how can I get yeah. the other one? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So uh, yeah, so so that was that was what I found. But yeah, these stories come up again and again, and uh, and the gravity of the place I think is so powerful. And I think that's a lot of that sort of captured in mm-hmm. this documentary that this is not this is not like another building anywhere in the United States. This is the White House. Um, it's special. It's unique. It's powerful. Well, it um, makes me wonder, right? Uh, you know, yeah. the whole concept, I know you and I were both reticent when they came to us with the topic of this oh, documentary, yeah. right? Demon in the White House. We're like, come on, coming off of, of what we've been going through with Trump and Biden, we're not going to be a part of this. And they're like, oh, it has nothing to do with them. And then we're like, okay, talk to us. And then the concept of, could something dark be invited into the White House? And I don't know if it's even necessarily invited by the two former first ladies who had seances in the home. But when you just think about the power of thought and intention, and we talk about that a lot, that putting forth, you know, prayer requests, good intentions, positivity, you know, all of that, how it can influence and affect things, even when people don't realize it's happening for them. So you're in a place in a position of power where, you know, probably 50% of the world hates your guts and is sending horrible thoughts to you and wishing you death and wishing horrible things, if thoughts do take form, it would only seem possible or probable that something negative could dwell the halls of the White House simply from all of the negativity that's been spent sending it that way. Yeah, no, I I get that. And I get that it's got to be tough. Um, what an awful job. Mm-hmm. What a job I, w- I would never want, right? Where half the world, I mean, you know, half the country hates you too. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and no matter what decision you make, even if it if it's something good, like, hey, we're going to improve infrastructure or roads, which everybody can sort of agree would be a good thing, you're going to make someone mad, right? Like that's, that's going to like make someone super angry at you because they would rather see the money go to something else. And and I, I get that. And so you're you're living in a, prison a prison and a fishbowl at the same time you're trapped you you know you and i if we want like a cheeseburger we could just run out and get one you know what i mean we could sit yeah yeah. (laughs) we can get two you know um we don't have to ask anybody we just hop in the car and we go like they gotta shut down roads Honey, ignore him. I'll, I'll still ask you. I promise I'll ask permission before I just eat two cheeseburgers. <laughs> I found yeah. those wrappers in the back of your car. <laughs> One of them was from Jeff, I promise. Yeah, no, that was that was mine. I was I was in the back seat. Don't look at me, Dave. Don't <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Shame eating a burger. Just shame eating. The weirdest yeah. part is he does it nude. I don't even, I'm like, you don't have to take the clothes off. He's like, I can't do it with the clothes on, Dave. <laughs> Quit making this weird. <laughs> oh, you too. I need this burger uh, so right. badly. You're right. So we can eat. We can do what we want. But, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that don't have that freedom or ability that are angry. And they send that resentment. And they, they have that hatred. And that does affect people. Oh, sure. I mean, you got to be – and you're, you're a mark. Even, like, if you take any president and look at him when they were at the height of their popularity, mm-hmm. you know, like, like uh, look at the polls, right? No one ever hit 
you know, even when you're, you're doing things mostly right and people are mostly okay with you, there's still someone that probably wants to kill you. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, imagine living with that. That's, um, you know, well, I've got I've got eleven uh, kids under my roof. That's kind of part of the yeah, course. Yeah, you probably got like I'm guessing like four <laughs> or five on a good day. Probably uh-huh. are, yeah. are are gunning for you. Pretty much. Uh, we have to take yeah. a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out about First Lady Jane Pierce and Abraham Lincoln's uh, widow as we uh, discuss about their ties to spirituality and what did and didn't they actually do inside the White House. We'll find out about that with Jeff Belanger right here on the Family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. List it on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. It's time again for my friends at Profile. The holidays are coming, and while I love gathering with family and friends, I don't love the weight gain that usually follows. That's why I'm glad my Profile coach, Haley, has given me the tools I need to have a healthier holiday season. I've learned it's not about being perfect. It's about having a game plan ahead of time and making better choices. I know I can still enjoy good company and good food without going overboard and derailing my weight loss progress. Look, I've lost over 100 pounds, and I'm keeping it off. Join Profile this month and take advantage of their buy three, get three deal. Pay for three months of health coaching and get three months absolutely free. Profile has helped me, and they can help you too. Profile has six metro locations as well as Wake Park, Mankato, and Rochester. Visit ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities today to set up a free consultation. That's ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities. ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities. Sisters, if you only knew, you would wish you were in my shoes. Keep on using me. We're back. This is the family. Tom Bernard and family are off this week. Filling in is the Schrader family. Dave Schrader, Cassie Schrader sitting in. Our guest today, Jeff Belanger. And if your family is anything like ours and you're looking for something fun to do this Thanksgiving, well, first of all, you can check out the Shock Doc the Curse of Lizzie Borden on Discovery Plus. That's a shock doc I was a part of as we go in and investigate the haunting and history of the Lizzie Borden murder house. It was one of the most impactful investigations and stories I've ever had a chance to be a part of. And this Friday, also on Discovery Plus, a brand new shock doc drops, Demon in the White House. And in it, there are many of us talking heads discussing the history of the White House, the haunting of the White House. Myself, Jeff Belanger, Joshua P. Warren, and many others are a part of this. That drops this Friday on Discovery Plus as well. So I hope you'll check it out. If you don't have Discovery Plus, go ahead and sign up for it. It's You can get a seven-day free trial. Check out all the cool programming on there. If you don't like it afterwards, drop it. But what's really great is when you get Discovery Plus, you get like 20 different channels 
and you'll probably be surprised to realize most of the favorite shows that you like from everything from cooking shows to home improvement shows to true crime and and the paranormal are all under this corporate umbrella for five bucks a month or seven dollars a month commercial free so check it out for yourself that is discovery plus and you can download that app on every one of your smart devices tvs phones tablets etc and again, remember this Friday to check out Demon in the White House. Jeff Belanger, the author and lead writer, uh, head writer for all the seasons of Ghost Adventures, hit TV series on Travel Channel. He's written a multitude of books on the supernatural, paranormal, history. And he has a fantastic book that uh, came out just within, well, gosh, is it just in the last year or is it even longer than that now, The Call of Kilimanjaro? Yeah, it was just this past March, The Call of Kilimanjaro came out, and still still relatively new, about uh, my 2017 climb to the top of Africa. Which is a, a very good book. If you have not had a chance to read it, check it out for yourself. It is great, it's spiritual, it's powerful, and what just a, an amazing book. It is truly one of the best books that I've had a chance to read in the last couple of years, so check it out for yourself. Let's dive into the shock doc a little bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people are familiar with Mary Todd Lincoln and her affinity for the supernatural, trying to communicate with her son, Willie, who passed away, other children that she had lost, and, and uh, you know, felt this tie. But prior to her being there, First Lady Jane Pierce, who lost her son, Benjamin, at the age of 11, also involved herself in the spiritualist movement and tried to communicate with the other side and, and with her son, and this is kind of an interesting element. I never really even knew that full aspect of the story until I started doing research for this documentary. Talk to us a little bit about these two women and, and their histories with this and, and that obviously the tragedies associated. Sure. So um, Mary Todd Lincoln is, like you said, is probably better known. Their son actually died in the White House. He was, you know, he, he got this typhoid-like illness and died inside the White House. And she was just so broken up by it. Um, she started to consult mediums and she was holding seances in the White House to try to contact her son. Um, and we know the president attended at least one of them because he paid a little bit of a political price. You know, he was, the media was like, what is this president doing talking to psychics? Um, and she wrote in a letter to her sister about encountering her son uh, in, a, in, a, in a dream state, that he would come to her each night and visitor and sometimes um his uncle alec which was her brother uh who had died quite young as well would be with him and that she said it gives me such comfort to know he's not alone in eternity um he's got his uncle alec with him and so on and so she believed she was in pretty regular contact with her son now mrs pierce their story's different um mrs pierce the last thing on earth she wanted was for her husband to be president right um she she was you know and in fact he was sort of like this dark horse candidate um at the time he was kind of like a rising star and, and it was one of these things where um it was just it was the perfect storm that kind of got him there and arguably one of the most ineffective presidents ever like if you had to rank him like best to worst he's near the bottom of every historian's list um so he gets into office and uh, on a train ride in New England, the, the train they're on, um, Mr. Mr. Pierce, Mrs. Pierce and their son derails and it rolls down the hill. The Pierces are fine. They, just, they got lucky. They, they just kind of got bounced around. But their son's head was literally crushed 
and his hat was covering his face and they went over to check on him and they pulled the hat away and see that his, his skull had been crushed, which, I mean, imagine that's how you got to start this job. Mm. Mrs. Pierce doesn't want to go to the white house anyway, like doesn't even want anything to do with it. And now she just lost her son and they have to go start this new horrible life in her eyes, you know, just, um, and, and, you know, put on a good face and, and it's, it's pushes her to the breaking point and she needs answers. You know, how do I cope with this? How do I do this? And um, sometimes when you need answers, you go to all kinds of places you may not ordinarily go. And so she also consulted psychics and mediums and um, and tried to make contact. And, you know, I've never lost a child. I can't imagine what that grief must be like. Um, and there's no word for it. You know what I mean? When when a child loses parents, they're called an orphan. When When parents lose a child, there's no word for that. We don't have a term. Um, it's, it's just too awful to think about. So you've got people under um, enormous emotional stress and pain that are trying to do one of the most difficult jobs in the world. To make that connection. And, and she started kind of slipping down the rabbit hole of them hearing her speak to her son quite a bit, uh, in the white house and such. You wonder how much of it is a mental break dealing with the grieving process or truly a haunting taking place. Were there any other people that were eyewitnesses to the, the ghost of the of the Pierce child? You know, I, I, not that I had ever uncovered, but, um, you know, this comes up to a big question on the paranormal. Is a building haunted or are people haunted? And I think you can often make cases for both, right? That that um, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, some places it's the building, and this is one of those cases where it's the people. This is this is the mom. She she would carry around, I, I believe, a box of like some of his toys and trinkets. You know, um, mm-hmm. really, she just couldn't let him go. Um, and and I understand too. Like grief is such a powerful thing, and there's no rules to grief. There's no rule that says you have this long to get through it and this is how it goes and these are the steps. I mean, you know, I, I get that there are the, the stages of grief, you know, denial and anger and all that other stuff, but there's no there's no speed limit on these things. And so uh, she, I think, would talk to him uh, pretty freely, whether it was the spirit of him or, or literally, you know, his his ghost. I, I don't know. Uh, and we can't ask her anymore. But um, but yeah, I'm not aware of another person encountering his ghost. However, uh, in the early 1900s, the first couple of years, a military aide writes in his memoirs that he's visiting the White House and they talked about it being haunted, uh, haunted by the ghost of a little boy. And keep in mind, uh, you know, the Lincolns were more than 40 years out of office at this point. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good long time. And the only boy to die in the White House was Lincoln, but they never really identified him as Willie Lincoln. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some connection to something else there. Right. And then there's that, that kind of terrifying angle of if there is something dark out there and it knows that your grieving is apparent, should we be cautious in calling forth these energies? Because we have no real way of telling if something else steps in. And I think that's been a big angle of, you know, the fear of involving spiritualism, mediumship, seances, because just because you call forward that spirit doesn't necessarily mean that's who answers. Yeah, no, I get that. It's, um, it, you know, it, it's tough. And we, of course, have the benefit of hindsight. And, and we're and, and, and this project in particular was making an attempt to paint this picture as dark as possible. 
Um, so I, I understand that, but I, you know, I always walk a fine line. I don't like to use the word demon because then you're, you're literally getting into a belief system. You're getting into something that's not, uh, as black or white. And I recognize that's, that's a weird thing to say, considering we're talking about ghosts. Um, but the thing about a ghost is that there's not usually a judgment on it, right? It's there. It's Mm -hmm. not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just there. And it's, it's, it's connecting us to a different time. Um, demon, however, puts it into a whole other realm that I'm, I'm usually not comfortable going there just because I just don't know. I've never encountered one. Um, but yes, I understand how melancholy and darkness can draw in more darkness and depressed people get drawn to other depressed people. And, and that, um, those kind of energies can certainly spiral downward for sure. Yeah. Just, you know, that's where I kind of think they're exploring all the different avenues of could something dark ever get in? How would it have gotten in? What portals or ways would this have happened? Could it have been for people sending dark energy and bad thoughts? And there is a history of that in some of the different religions of being able to send forward a golem, you know, a, yeah. a dark force to do your a bidding. Tulpa, yeah. Tulpas, these thought forms. So it is, yeah. it's a fascinating aspect of, of this. Now, one question I have for you is we talk about the concept of thought forms, tulpas, focusing on things there's been and and i will say for uh parents out there uh this might be a part of the episode you want to you know pod down as we discuss the the upcoming holidays uh there's a lot of great history and legend and lore surrounding the next month month and a half oh yes one thing i'm curious about is with so many people focused on santa claus saint nick why aren't we seeing more representations of him, right? You would think that thought form would have a pretty powerful feeling towards that, especially because it's driven with love and excitement. Mm-hmm. Why Why do you think there aren't claims of people seeing Santa, uh, especially at other times of year or when they're worried about, you know, being naughty and nice and did they do the right things? I, I don't know if I agree with you, Dave. I think there's there's sightings all the time. And, and I mean, not just at the mall, uh, not just driving around fire trucks in neighborhoods, right? I mean, um, pretty soon, Santa is sort of omnipresent. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think people have more sightings than you might think. It's just easy to assume maybe it's a helper or it's maybe, you know, something else. But, mm-hmm. but the reality is I think he, he becomes a pretty visible character. And quite honestly, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, is the reason for the season. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is his day, right? I mean, Well, uh, the reason for the season in Christianity yes. is Jesus. So let's just, before people start beating me up with emails on that. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, that's, but that's is... a super huge afterthought. Right. And, and I'm, I'm not disparaging the really, I, I don't always celebrate my birthday on the day either. I get it. Um, no, 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 no. But but that was that's absolutely an afterthought. If you read the Bible, um, the, the Luke is the only chapter that gives us a clue as to when Jesus was born, where it says, you know, shepherds were, were lying, sleeping with their flock by night. And in Bethlehem, there's three seasons of the year where they would do that spring, summer and fall, which means the only one you can rule out is winter. Um, but that's OK. Like it's it's it's, you know, um, it was really, you know, Rome incorporating uh, itself under one God and, and adding on. Um, the birth of Jesus to the end of Saturnalia, which is, of course, right around the winter solstice. So that's that's kind of how we got there. But but the ven- for the veneration of St. Nicholas, not only becoming the Bishop of Myra, which is modern day Turkey, 
and then getting his own day, St. Nicholas Day, on December 6th, which throughout Europe is when he brings presents. The Dutch bring Sinterklaas over to New York. He becomes Santa Claus. And eventually the, the date gets moved over to the 25th. So there's there's a huge confluence of influences on this holiday um, that date back long before Jesus. Um, you know, Saturnalia was going for many centuries before Jesus was born. Yule festivals up in Scandinavia and so on. Um, and, and it's all been sort of put in a blender. And so, again, I'm not disparaging anything. I'm just saying that's historically how it happened. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so now we've got this this figure, and year after year, this holiday gets redefined. You know, every every year there's a, um, you know, we get to redefine it. And what I love about it is that I think some of the darker characters related to the season are making a comeback, like Krampus and Belschnickel, and and uh, you know, my evidence for that is that Krampus had his own Hollywood movie a few years ago, and um, you saw Actually, many. Um, now there's quite a few Krampus movies out there. Yeah, it, it's it's blowing up, right? And then what was the movie with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn? Um, oh, the the uh, Christmas, Christmas Chronicles. Chronicles, right? One and two. Oh, I love that movie. Yep. So part two, which is on Netflix, right? So part two last year, the main uh, antagonist, the the bad guy, was a character called Belschnickel, which was great. And and Belschnickel's partner was the Yule Cat. These dark dastardly you know creatures from from the yuletide season belschnickel comes to beat up naughty children uh krampus comes to literally carry them away and eat them so i kind of feel like these you know these these darker characters um are making a comeback because we need them we're we're summoning them if you want to use that word um to because we need the balance you know uh it's not just all love and light sometimes it's dark and scary which is how this season was born, you know, winter is scary. You know that you're in Minnesota, right? Oh, trust <laughs> me, I know how scary it can be. Yeah, of course you do, right? Well, you've got all of these great aspects of history, story, t- you know, tales that are tied together, and love, light, all these concepts of of things that take place during this time of year. But it is remarkable how many magical things really do kind of occur. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's it, part of our lives. And you talk about, well, no, there are no miracles. Real miracles don't happen. We just reported on on Supernatural News on Darkness Radio the other day. What what was that car, Cassie, that they drove over? Do you remember? It was this car gets crushed by a semi. It's I, it's like a oh yeah yeah Rav four or something. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the it's, exact. It's unbelievable, and the truck is still sitting on top of it, and. Uh, the, the rescuers come up and they hear, help, help. And yes. they break out a part of a window. She crawled out with just minor bruises and scratches. If yeah. that's not a miracle, whether it's modern engineering that saved her life <laughs> or God know. himself stepped in, that's pretty remarkable. Well, the way the vehicle looked, I don't know how anyone could crawl out of it. It was literally flattened like a pop can. Um, but she must have found a little safe nook in there to to hide out until she could get out but man that that was truly a miracle because she only came out with a few scratches and bumps and bruises she wasn't even severely injured yeah i remember seeing that and being like there's no way a human being uh survived that is i mean and yeah that's yeah i mean but yeah stuff like that happens all the time and um you know miracles blessings all these things if you look for the good you'll find it and also if you look for the bad you'll find it we know that um it comes up again and again and um, 
not to try to put us back on track, but <laughs> where could that be more true than at the White House, right? Wow, right? look at you bookending things. <laughs> I just promised you it wouldn't yeah. all be about the White House. That's why I was trying to take you into some of your oh, other festive thank conversations. Thank you so much. Unless, if you're done with the White House, we can move on by all means. It's, oh, we uh, only have three and a half <laughs> minutes left, so we can pull out anything at this point. Let me say this. like, sure. on, And I, I started by saying it. When I posted, like, hey, watch it, as we do, right? You work on these projects, you post about them. Hey, please watch this thing that I was involved in and, you know, give it, give it a look. Um, of course, we do that. We, we work hard on these things. We research. We fly across the country to film them. <laughs> and yet, oh, my, it's seconds. People are like, it's Biden. It's Trump. It's Obama. It's, oh, God. I'm like, you know, I was like, people, people, can you just, can you not make it political for just once, you know? Mm -hmm. um, right. It's, it's polarizing. And I know the name, Demon in the White House. And I'm sure that's part of why they picked it, right? It was just to ruffle feathers so you watch it. Um, but, uh, but the reality is that this place, which used to just, when I was a kid, you're like, wow, the White House, blah, and rainbows and stars would fly out, Right. Now it's just like, ah, the White House. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel that way, too. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Arr, it's a pirate White House. I don't want to even talk about it because someone's going to fight. Someone's going to bring up something that's ugly and nasty. And, and uh, right. it just brings out the worst in us. And we need to redefine this building. And maybe the ghosts, the hauntings, the, the, you know, the scary things there will help us do that. Very cool. And check out the book, Who's Haunting the White House, The President's Mansion and the Ghosts Who Live There. It's out and available by Jeff Belanger. And you can find the audiobook version, hardcover and paperback editions all on Amazon.com. So go check them out for yourself. Again, that's Who's Haunting the White House, The President's Mansion and the Ghosts Who Live There. This weekend on Friday, dropping on Discovery Plus, the brand new Shock Doc, Demon in the White House. We're both a part of that, so I hope you'll check that out. Also, make sure to check out The Curse of Lizzie Borden, the other shock doc I did. And you've, what, this is like your 900th shock doc. You've got a couple <laughs> other. What other ones do you recommend people should tune in and check out? Yeah, this is the fifth one I've done. Um, there's uh, Devil Road about Ed and Lorraine Warren, and we did um, uh, Conjuring one, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, which I, was a good one. That just came out a few months ago. Um, and I'm, I'm about to go film another one. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a cool series to work on. Very cool. Well, uh, I hope you guys all have a wonderful and happy, safe Thanksgiving. The family is off for the next two days here. There will be no programs for Thanksgiving or on Friday. We will be back next Monday. Cassie and I will be filling in again for the Bernard family here on the program. We've got a lot of great guests lined up, a lot of fantastic conversations. We'll invite you to be a part of that conversation with us. Please be safe, be kind, and I hope that you're surrounded in light and love for this holiday season. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Family with Tom Bernard. I'm Dave Schrader, and that's Cassie Schrader. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.